Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs. We have our small business owners. We have our local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others create their businesses. And on the other side of the same coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who love to run your own businesses. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment. Explore episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, check us out on iTunes. You can either go to iTunes and search for Business Creators Radio Show or just click the big banner in the right-hand column of businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. And fresh content will be added to your iTunes every single Tuesday. We have over 140 episodes since we went on the air in 2013, and we are going strong. Today, I'm very excited. We have been working to find you an outstanding resource to help you create an e-commerce business for your dream lifestyle. And in fact, this is something that I'm very interested in. I've been very open about the fact that one of the reasons that you as business creators want to host your own online radio show and want to host your own online podcast is because it gives you unprecedented access to some of the best information out there. And this today is certainly going to be no exception to that. And as you know, I'm not only the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, I'm a student just like you. I'll be out in the audience. I'll have my pen and my notepad out looking for that slight edge in my business. And towards that end, I'm very excited to have with us today, Carolyn Balinska. And just to tell you a little bit about her, with a rare and unique talent for online business, Carolyn Balinska has mastered three key areas of online marketing, which give her e-commerce clients a special insight into how to sell out their products online. Carolyn combines her savvy digital marketing skills with her talent for website design and development and then meshes them with her deep knowledge of how business works to maximize profit. These three key areas have poised Carolyn to help over 200 clients' six- to seven-figure businesses prosper online. Passionate about business and marketing, Carolyn mentors and speaks professionally about a multitude of business and marketing topics and often focuses around marketing pertinent to e-commerce businesses, all of which is good news because I've been dying to have a topic on e-commerce. So, Carolyn, welcome to our show. Wonderful. Thanks for having me, Adam. It's really good to see you. And I know that I'm in very privileged company to be able to even get a moment of your time. I think you told me in the green room this is about your third interview today. So I know that I'm playing in the big leagues here on this one. I hope that I'm eligible to be on my own radio show with you. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really try and keep my game up here and see if I can follow along. But before we have you take us I'm down the sure. path. <laughs> Before we take you down down the path or have you take us down the path, what I want to do is I want to give those of our listeners who are still getting to know you a chance to find out about more about Carolyn. So I read off your biography. and Just tell us a little bit more about your story and what's led you to the intersection of brilliance and passion where you live now. Sure. Well, I've, look, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. It's something my father's an entrepreneur. I've grown up in the family business. 
I've been working for him since I think I was seven, but I wasn't the youngest. My brother was five when he started working in the family business, so I wasn't actually that young in the family. But we've always been around business, so I'm passionate about it. Um, I went from school into hair and makeup. I went into owning an agency. I had an e-commerce store. I've had a hairdressing salon. I've done, I had an, a, a singles events company. I've had so many different businesses offline well before I started doing marketing. Um, a few years ago, I got really bad arthritis um, in my feet and my knees, and I realized I could no longer do hairdressing, and I was already doing online marketing for my own businesses and was helping friends of mine with their businesses because they saw what I was doing online back in the day when I was doing SEO and just doing websites. So then when I realized I needed to change careers, I went full-time into marketing. So that's how I got into it full-time after owning other businesses. And then a few years ago, I'd always wanted to move to Europe, and three years ago, I moved to Spain. So now I live in Spain and um, been helping different businesses, lots of different types of businesses. I've got some really niche clients that have, like, one lady only takes photos of horses. So I work with all sorts of different clients. And then this year, I decided to concentrate on helping only e-commerce stores because I really see that it aligns with what I believe in having a lifestyle business, a business that it suits your particular lifestyle. So e-commerce is a great way to be able to do that, Amazon stores and also e-commerce. So that's where I'm at at the moment. And I've been, I've, I was speaking on a boat a few weeks ago. There were 200 entrepreneurs on a boat coming from Colombia to Portugal. I travel a lot with what I do. I travel for pleasure. I travel for work. So, yeah, that's, that's my story, and I love what I do. I'm really happy to do it. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, I've never been to Spain, but I do kind of like the music. Uh, that old song goes from back in the day. Uh, I love what you tell me about your lifestyle, about your background. And you know, when I was growing up, I was more interested. My grandfather, who lived next door, ran this little garage sale where he'd leave his garage door open and he'd have signs out front and people could come up the driveway and they could buy stuff from his garage sale. I was more interested in helping him manage his garage sale, which probably got about two customers a month, than I was in schoolwork. I really wanted to get involved with entrepreneurship. I want to get involved with serving people. And what really touched me about your story, Carolyn, is that you got started very early. And the other thing I love is that it looks like you had a lot of support in your family as well around the idea of entrepreneurship. And I think a lot of our business creators, unfortunately, uh, were taught, you know, study hard, go to a good school, get a great job, put up with whatever crap they give you, and in 30 years you'll get the gold watch and the pension it will pay for the one-bedroom shack in Miami and you'll collapse of a heart attack on the golf course. Now, to me, that's not how I want to live. Because, first of all, I don't golf, and second of all, I don't want to sit on the porch. Look, it's actually interesting that you say that. So my father was a school teacher back before he started his business. Right. And um, he was the one that used to tell all of us kids, there's four of us in my family, and he used to say, school is ridiculous, school's stupid, don't do school, go and get, you know, start your own business, go out there and do something. School's not worth anything. So he was, even though he had been a school teacher, he was the one that was saying, you know, don't worry about being, you know, going to school. It's not going to help you. Well, you know, and you look at that as irony. I look at that as Hey, if there's anybody who would be in a position to form an opinion like that, it'd be somebody on the inside. So again, uh, exactly. some may agree, some may disagree. Uh, who really knows? Uh, but uh, Look, what my, I think is great is I, how. Go ahead. No, I was going to say like I think there's something for everyone. 
if you want to go to school and you want to study, great. If you don't want to, you don't have to. You know, there there is options for all of us out there, and it comes down to what you personally want. Right. Absolutely. So before we get into our topic, and I know you have a ton of information for us, there's one other question we ask here on the Business Creators Radio Show, and our listeners know it's coming, and they hear me doing the old drum beat in the background here. Here it is. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything we need that we say they should do, except for time and money. This is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show. What I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of different ways the question is interpreted. So how do time and money impact what you're going to share with us today, Carolyn? Time and money, I do believe, I come from the marketing side, and I believe that you either have to invest time or you have to invest money. You can't expect to get away with not investing either. So if you have the money to invest in your business, into your marketing, go for it. If you don't have the money, then you need to realize you need to invest a lot of time into it. Um, On saying that, I think that if you don't have the money, people say, well, how can I do it? Go and get a part-time job and make the money to get a professional to help you because getting a professional is always going to be a better option. But it's either time or money and you have to choose which one is more important to you and which one you're willing to to sacrifice and give away to to make your business succeed. Great. Great. So let's dive in here. First of all, tell us, why is an e-commerce store such a great business for creating a dream lifestyle? I think these days it's better than ever. I had my first e-commerce store 10 years ago, and it was a different world. You couldn't, you had to get a developer. It was like trying to work out where you get your payments from. But now you've got Shopify, you've got e- uh, PayPal. You can go and set up a store in five minutes. And now we've got drop shipping, which means that you never have to have, never have to touch an item. And you've got a whole company, uh, Amazon, SBA. They can take care of all of that for you. So it means that you can live the lifestyle that you want to live and you can concentrate on enjoying your life. Right. Right. So I remember vaguely about 10 years ago, I personally have not owned an e-commerce store, but as a parallel example, 10 years ago, if you wanted to have a, if you wanted to do support tickets for your small business, like have your customers interact with you through support tickets, you had to buy these advanced softwares and it took you hours and hours and hours to set them up on your server, to set up the databases, to do this thing called piping to your email address, which I still don't understand. But today, if you want to have tickets in your business, there's about a dozen free WordPress plugins that will actually do a better job than those previous softwares. Plus, you can have your ticket system and not even have to log in. So what do you think are some of the best softwares for people to use today? Because I know there are a bunch of softwares you can use to do e-commerce, and you can actually get started this afternoon if you want to. The simplest way to go is Shopify. Shopify is going to cost you $29 a month. So if you're starting out, and I I build websites as well. I do still build websites for some of my clients. Um, And I'm a believer in a good website, but I'm also a believer that I'd rather you spend your money on your marketing and not on your website because having a beautiful website that costs you a lot of money and no traffic is never going to get you anywhere. So Shopify is perfect for this. You go and set up a Shopify store, $29, get one of the free things to start off with, set it up yourself. It's really, really easy to do. There's a couple of guys out there that teach you how to do this in an afternoon. 
and then go ahead and start marketing your business and start putting money into Facebook ads, start getting people, building your community, start advertising properly. You can do this in an afternoon. Shopify is definitely great for that. I'm not saying that Shopify is the only platform. Uh, there's different platforms for different things, but if you're starting out, Shopify is a great one. Or just using Amazon. You don't even need to use Shopify. You can just start selling on Amazon immediately or Etsy if you create your own product with a handmade, go to Etsy. There's so many great places out there that you can start for next to nothing. Right. We've had a previous guest on the Business Creators Radio Show who shared with us how to do Etsy if you're doing your own handcrafted goods. So go back in the archives and you'll find that episode for those of you who are, who are listening here. But what I love about what Carolyn is saying is that there really is a very low barrier to entry here. You don't have to do advanced website development. There are many applications online that will allow you to have this up and running in an hour or two. And I think what you're telling us is that uh, we don't have to be overly concerned about web design. We have to be more concerned about functionality and just getting started. Exactly. And and investing into your marketing, because this is the biggest mistake I see. Yes, it's much easier to get into it now. So then the barrier to entry is so low. And you see every day a new T-shirt store popping up. And I'm actually creating my own e-commerce store as we speak. I haven't even got a name yet, but I've got everything going on in the background. But I'm creating my own T-shirt range, but it's not a normal T-shirt range. There's going to be something. It's not even, it's a whole platform um, that I'm creating around that. So that's exciting. But I see all these T-shirt stores popping up. People thinking I'll just create a T-shirt store. And then they're coming to me and asking me, oh, but I'm not getting any traffic and no one's actually buying anything. Because the barrier to entry is so low that everyone thinks, oh, I'll just create one. But then they forget that you have to do the marketing as well. So having a good marketing strategy behind your e-commerce store is super important and more important. There's no point having a beautiful website if you don't have anyone buying anything from it. So concentrate first on your strategy and your plan of how you're going to get customers and then worry about tweaking your website and making those changes and spending more money. Shopify has such great free templates on the $29 plan. They're not going to be, you know, the best website in the world, but they're going to look good enough that it's going to look professional and you can start to make sales straight away. Yeah, we'll come back to some of the mechanics in a little bit, but I want to circle in a different direction here. So on average, for those of our business creators who are listening and they want to start an e-commerce store, about how many hours a week should they expect to put into this project? Like we said before, time or money. So the more money that you can put into it, the less. But um, you've got to understand that if you're setting up a, a – let's say you're selling – Let's say, for instance, T-shirts, we'll just use as, as an example, and you're getting people to your website to buy your T-shirts. You either go and find a person who can mentor you and tell you exactly how to do the Facebook ad funnel properly. Don't read it on Facebook because there's a whole lot of mixed messages. Um, go and find someone that will tell you exactly how to do it. It's going to cost you a lot of money, but you're going to get it right straight away. Or you have to go and test it yourself. So you need to jump in and say, okay, well, I'll put a Facebook ad, but now I have to test three different versions of that ad. Which text is going to work better? Which one's, you know, is my button on my website red or blue? So that takes a lot of time. So it might take you three weeks to set that up properly, but then once that's done, it's making you money on recurring. So the setup time does take time. You'll have to pay someone that's going to do it for you, or you're going to have to do it yourself and learn the ropes. Right. So... The balance I think we're striking here is if I wanted to go into e-commerce this afternoon, I could certainly do it. Uh, I should, however, look forward to 
probably a couple weeks of testing and tweaking and really getting my hands on it and achieving profound mastery of it. But the sooner I do that, the sooner I'll get there. The sooner I'm actually running an e-commerce store, the faster I'll be learning the selling strategies, figuring out what actually works for my audience, what types of products sell, where I'm going to make the most revenue, and how to manage the advertising in such a way that will be most effective. Is that a fair statement? Sure. And, you know, it comes down to if, for instance, you had a part-time job and you were trying to change out of that into e-commerce or if you had a full-time job or you had another business and you wanted to do this on the side to try to set this up, the good thing is, is let's say you do a Facebook ad, you can set that Facebook ad just to run for a certain amount of hours in the day. And if you're at your other job or you're at your other business and you're working, you can have that ad running. And then when you come home at the end of the day, you can turn it off and then test it and see if it's actually working properly. And you can do it slowly. So it might not be all in a three-week period. It might take you six months to get to that point, but it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. It's not like it's six months where it's spread out the money over that time. You can actually do it still for the same price if you were to do it in three weeks of testing ads compared to six months, but it's just in your own time. So that's the great thing about e-commerce. Anyone can start doing this, but it is. You do need to have that time to spend on testing things, testing your ads and testing copy and conversions. Right. Now, uh, you mentioned to me when we were in the green room that having an e-commerce store can be a great family project. I'm dying to hear of this one. Sure. So there's quite a few people that are looking at ways to help their children set up businesses. Some people want to have a business for their child um, to learn how to be in business. Some of them want to do it because they need to pay off the college education, things like that. So it's definitely something you can do as a family project. Let's say, for instance, you can start with an Amazon store. I wrote a blog post about this the other week. Um, You could do an Amazon store where you start off just buying things through Alibaba and it's a drop shipping system where um, it's it's not even that. um, uh, Amazon will take care of the actual sending out of the product. So let's say, for instance, you had $1,000 and you put it into getting, um, I don't know, let's say water bottles for kids. Let's say that's the product you want to sell. You find them on Alibaba, you get the samples sent to you, and then Alibaba sends you the actual, you go for the order and you order whatever, a 1,000 of them, 10,000, and you have them sent straight to Amazon, to their office, to their factory, uh, warehouse, and then you actually start doing the orders, and then Amazon will send them out for you. So you're just taking care of getting people to your Amazon store. And for a family, it's a great way to start. You're not having to worry about um, sending out products. If you have to be home from school on the day, you know, to send out the products, Amazon can take care of that for you. So that's a great way to start. Um, you can also have other companies take care of the fulfillment for you, not just Amazon. There's other ways to do that. So it's a great business that you don't have to have, let's say, for instance, an ice cream shop where you have to be there every day, you have to deal with your customers, and your kids can't be there during the day because they're at school. This is something that the kids can do after hours in many different forms. So you can definitely run this sort of business while your kids are at school. Wow, you've got really got people think, talking here, and you got them thinking because we've already received uh, a couple of emails uh, from our listeners with questions. So we're going to get to those in a little bit too. And a couple things that I actually needed to think of while we have you here. But before we do that, uh, let's shift gears a little bit, Carolyn, and tell us what are a couple of the factors that get in the way and stop people from being successful in e-commerce? Because it may not necessarily be for everybody, uh, but we at the same time, we don't want people to shortchange themselves. Okay, the two things that I can tell you off the top of my head is not being persistent, not sticking to it, 
and then also not working out their actual marketing plan before they actually start. Those are the two things. So people go out there and they think, okay, I'm going to sell whatever water bottles online, and then they go and start reading blog posts. They read a little bit here and a little bit there, and they do this a little bit. They do that a little bit, and they're not doing anything consistently, and they're not being consistent, and they give up. So giving up is definitely the biggest problem that people have when they're doing anything online um, because it's easier to give up. You know, if you open up an ice cream shop, and you have to pay the rent, you can't just give up and say, well, I'm not doing that anymore because I don't have any customers. You're going to try keep trying. Whereas if you have an e-commerce store, you give it a few months and then you say, this is not working, I'm going to walk away because it's quite easy to walk away. So persistence and also knowing what your plan is of how you're actually going to get your customers. You mean to tell me that just because you build it, they won't necessarily come? You have to actually do marketing and things like that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly the thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, look, I have this question all the time. Right. No, I have this question all the time. People think, I've got this great idea or I've got this beautiful product and I make this beautiful product and then suddenly it's like they don't have a plan behind how they're going to sell it. So, yeah, people have to understand no matter how amazing your product is, if no one knows about it, then there's no point trying to sell it because no one knows that they can buy it. Right, that's very that's very true. I mean, there's a lot of uh, trees that fall in the forest, but do they make a sound because nobody hears them? Uh, what is something? Mm. That, what is something that e-commerce store owners miss when they're growing their online business? There's a few different things. So, I think one of the things that they really miss is their email funnel, like not having their email funnel in place properly where let's say for instance, and capturing the email addresses, um, I was just interviewing a guy this morning about his uh, system that captures email addresses of abandoned carts, and not enough people are doing this. It's only new technology, so it's very, very new, but someone comes to your website and they decide not to purchase it for whatever reason at the last minute, but they've given you their email address and then they leave. You can now follow that person, send them an email, remind them about that buying, and you can get so many more sales that way. And then just in general, someone might buy from you, but are you following up with them and sending them a new email saying, hey, remember me? Victoria's Secret is a great example. I get emails bombarded from them every couple of days right. with emails about buying new bikinis or whatever it is. Follow what they're doing. Look at these companies like Victoria's Secret and just look at how many emails they send because we get scared of people thinking, people are going to get upset that I'm emailing them all the time. Well, you know what? They chose to be on your list, and the way I see it is if they don't want to be on your list, they can leave, and they're not really the right customer anyway. So email the people, remind them, let them know what you're selling now. Let them know about your discounts. Let them know that you've got some sort of new article, a new blog post explaining how to use that product because they haven't bought it. Maybe that will get them, hey, you know what? That's actually easy to use. I'm going to buy that. Or maybe that's suitable for my grandparents. I'm going to buy it. So Emailing people, I think, is one of the things that most e-commerce stores forget. Because they're afraid they might upset somebody. It's like, oh, my God, you sent me too many emails. You know what I say about that is I say that when you spend too much time worrying about that one or two people that might be up in arms because, oh, goodness gracious, you sent them emails after they opted in to receive emails from you, what you're really doing by spending time or rather say wasting time on that person is shortchanging the people who are going to get upset because you're not sending them enough. Exactly. And you know what? If you start getting a lot of people unsubscribing, then you're doing something wrong at the 
start of the whole process because that person was never right. So then you need to go back and say, well, why am I getting so many of the wrong people who don't want to know more about what I'm selling? Right. And it might not even be that you're selling your product. You might have sold, let's say, we'll go back to water bottles. You might have sold a beautiful water bottle. That person might not need to buy a second water bottle, but can you joint venture with someone who's selling something else that your, that your audience needs that you can make some money off? There's nothing wrong with that as well, going back to that person. Hey, you bought my water bottle. Hey, you know what? I've actually got this great company, and they make skipping ropes. Maybe you want a skipping rope to go with your water bottle because you're exercising all the time whatever it is, but you can continue making money off those people because they've already built that no life and trust factor with you. They're on your list. So now you can sell them something else. You know, this makes me think of something here. Uh, when I book hotel rooms online, I don't do it very much anymore because I'm more of an Airbnb type of guy. But when I used to book hotel rooms all the time and I used to have to travel a lot, I would, as soon as I finished confirming that room, I would start getting all kinds of ads. It was like they were stalking me. That'd be on my social media. That'd be on other websites. Every time I turned around, I'd be getting ads saying, hey, come to our hotel and book a room. And the first thought going through my mind would be, damn it, I just did. Why are you wasting your retargeting dollars? Yeah, because I haven't set it up properly. Because there should be a, um, a good retargeting campaign would have you on a thank you page for your booking. You would end up on a thank you page and they would have the retargeting turned off to those people. So once you land on the thank you page, it means that you've booked and I will no longer retarget you. So definitely, they haven't done their retargeting properly. They're wasting a lot of money doing that. Right. So we want to be clear for our listeners is if they're doing retargeting campaigns from your e-commerce store is, like you just said, let's say you're selling water bottles, uh, you, know, you might want to retarget them with ads for bike accessories or hiking accessories. Think about what people would need a water bottle for and then retarget them for other things. Rather than just say, hey, come buy our water bottles right after they just bought a water bottle. And you know what? That's the great thing about e-commerce stores is that you have so much control over every dollar you spend. You know, I remember I had a, a hairdressing salon when I was 20. And back then, the internet was not what it is now. And uh, not that I'm that old. That was like two years ago. No, I'm only joking. So back then, it was we had to advertise in local papers. And when we put an ad, it would cost me $400 to put this ad in. I had no idea what I was getting in return. But if you do an ad on Facebook, you can see. Same with retargeting. We can see exactly what our dollars are, you know, what it's getting for us. And it just makes the whole thing better. And I was just in a bike in Australia. I was going to buy a bike. Then I decided to go into the store and I bought the bikes because they sold them in the store. They kept on retargeting me for a very long time afterwards, but I already bought the bike. So they've wasted all these dollars. Like you were saying about the booking, um, the hotel, they were wasting dollars, but because it was, they had a, um, they didn't sell online. I bought from the actual store. So they, they can't control that very well. Whereas if you've just got an e-commerce store and you're not selling in person, you can really, really make sure that you're only targeting people with retargeting and spending your dollar really, really wisely. Can you do this with Shopify as well? Yes. 
Okay, so you yes, can, you can so, you, so you can so you can go like let's because you recommend that we look at Shopify, and I'm on their website right now. Uh, in fact, I have a few questions about some of the things that I'm seeing on this website that I hope you'll be able to answer for me. Is you're able to configure your Shopify store so that you can retarget them with different ads, just depending on where they are within the process, whether they looked at a shopping cart page, whether they made it to the checkout, whether they actually bought, and you want to upsell them to a different item. Yes, you can do that. You can also target them so every item they look at they can, and they didn't purchase it, they can actually get retargeted with those particular items as well. So there's a few options. There's a few different ways of doing retargeting. You can retarget straight from your Facebook um, ads manager so it's um, linked into that. Then Shopify, there's some plugins that you can do it with that. There's also other programs like uh, Perfect Audience where you can do it with that. And that's, that's the difference between having a Shopify or an e-commerce store and an Amazon store because Amazon means that it's not your platform at all and you don't have any control over who your customer is and how you retarget them. You can't do any of that because you don't have control over that um, the cookies and you also don't ever get their email address. So you can't do certain things. Whereas, let's say, for instance, you've got a list of an email list. Let's say, for instance, you've got a current business offline and you want to set up an e-commerce store and you've got a list of email addresses but you don't have a store yet you can upload those email addresses into Facebook and start sending retargeting ads because they're already your list, so they're called retargeting, and advertise just to those people that were on your email list. So there's so many different great things that you can do with retargeting. Great, great, great. So what I want to get into with with uh, Shopify here a little bit, I know it's not the only one that you recommend, but I think it has a lot of great resources for somebody who wants to get started right away. And what I'm seeing when I go to their website, is there ways that you can integrate your online store with social media above and beyond just simply running ads? So can you tell me about a few of those? For instance, if you do a Pinterest pin, you can actually pin that item and people can purchase straight from that pin. So then rather than sending people that they have to go down and look at the URL under the image, you can actually get them to go straight to purchase. Same with Instagram. So normally on Instagram, if you have, let's say you put up a post and you want to put a link underneath that post for the product, whatever it is, e-commerce, it doesn't really matter. You cannot put a hyperlink that people can click on in an Instagram post. It's just not possible. Right. Whereas what Shopify allows you to do is that you can do that. So people can click and go straight to your website and purchase. And that's not available on any other sort of, any other way except having that integration with Shopify. Right, right. right. Oh, and look, there are other e-commerce platforms that they, they're starting to do these sort of things. But, you know, Shopify definitely has that covered. Great, 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 great. So, uh, so another thing I'm really curious about is, uh, how does this integrate with the Facebook Messenger application? Uh, cause I, I'm looking at this a little bit, but I want you to tell me in your own words. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, that's actually a really new feature. Um, I haven't personally had any of my clients use that yet. Um, that's, that's actually quite new because we actually use live chat features. Um, but that all doing is rather than having a live chat box saying, hey, um, you know, asking questions in the live chat, you can integrate it into your Facebook Messenger. So you can actually, people don't have to leave their email address, it moves straight into their Facebook account. Good and bad because bad, you're only getting their Facebook details, you're not getting their personal email address. So, you know, 
I always try to capture people's email addresses as much as possible rather than their social media accounts. Oh, I, I, oh, I get it. Uh, because, like, let's say you're someone like me. I have a special alias, an email alias that I set up just to log into Facebook, which, uh, I mean, if I start getting marketing messages there, I'm going to assume I was scraped and scammed. Just like with LinkedIn, just like with Twitter, I have special aliases I have set up. So when people scrape my social media and add me to marketing lists without my consent, I bust them instantaneously. So I can see where there may not mm-hmm. be a direct link there. But tell me a little bit more about the use of live chat. Are we talking about the Facebook live chat, or are we talking about live chat softwares, maybe on Shopify or something like that? What, what are we talking about? Yeah, so live chat software, it's come such a long way. Um, I actually did a little training video last week, and it got really good reviews. It was like a five-minute video talking about this because so many people are scared of live chat because the first thing people say to me is, but I'm not available all the time. I'm not available to be on, like, waiting for someone to leave a live chat message. But what it does now is that a lot of these apps, there's so many of them, you just type in live chat app and there's one for everything. You can have this on your website, so down in the bottom corner, rather than going to the contact page, just the little bottom, it can actually pop up automatically after a certain amount of seconds, or it can just be that people have to click and leave a message. And then what it does is that you get an app that's connected to your mobile phone, and as soon as someone sends through that chat, you can actually do live chat from your mobile phone from wherever you are. You can also have more than one person in the account, so it can go out to many people. It can be an email notification. It can be that if you don't answer within a certain amount of time, it becomes a message, hey, we'll email you, we're not available right now. It, the possibilities are so endless that live chat, I believe everyone should be using it. Because when you're selling on an e-commerce store, one of the biggest reasons why people don't convert is that they have a question that they want to ask and they want to ask it straight away. So going and clicking on the contact us bit means that they know that's going to go to an email and that they have to send an email and they have to wait for a reply and they know that it might take you a few days to get back to them. Whereas if it says live chat, then you have got more of a chance of someone saying quickly, hey, I just want to answer this one question and you can convert them into the sale. Um, if you're not there at the time, you can turn it off. You can have it set to live or between 9 and 5 and then after hours it just says, hey, you know, we're not here right now, but leave a message. And it just looks more like a real person rather than just a contact button saying, go and leave an email for us. Just even if it's not online at that moment, it's just a much better system to get people thinking, hey, this is actually a good platform. There's someone really there. Let me talk to someone personally. So basically, if you're not in your office or this is something you're doing part-time or what have you or you just want to have more hours in the day where your live chat is potentially available without you being pinned to your computer, you can have it so like a little alert comes up on your mobile phone that says, hey, somebody's on your live chat on your website, and you can take that. So I could be hypothetically tonight after I set up my e-commerce store this afternoon, I could be sitting at the cigar shop tonight enjoying a VSG celebrating my new e-commerce store, and somebody comes comes to my e-commerce store and wants to live chat me, I can do it while I have a stogie. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly, exactly. That's yeah, so exactly my, what you can do. Right, so my, yeah, so my phone will beep, like if I get a message notification or a text or, uh, or something like that, and it'll say, hey, live chat, and it'll start flashing green, I can open it up and I can have a conversation then and there. 
Exactly. And they don't need to have any idea what you're doing and they're just happy to get the attention because that's why they're there. They want the question answered straight away. So you can even get a company to take over that feature for you. There's actually some of the live chat where you can automate the messages based on what they're typing and it can you can have it an algorithm set up saying if they ever type the word such and such, this message will go to them. So it can be an automated message. It does cost a little bit more to have that feature, but you can have like a predetermined answer based on the question that they're asking because the questions are usually the same. It's usually the same questions. Even if you have like a Q&A section, they might not look at it. They might ask the same question and you can automatically have that question get answered by the system and they think it's a live chat um, option. Well, you demystified something for me here because I know sometimes when I go on live chats and it seems like they're answering the question in such a way, it's like, wait a minute, this isn't exactly the question I asked. This isn't, this, this answer doesn't ask, ask my question. So this could be because I typed a word or I typed a phrase and it triggered an algorithm that's predicting what my question is and maybe it's not answering it exactly. So if I, let's say I'm the customer and I'm getting frustrated because it feels like this live chat operator who I don't even know is a bot is irritating me, I can set up a separate algorithm, algorithm so when the person starts typing and screaming into the chat window, it says, okay, one moment while I attempt to find them for you, or please call our customer service, and then you can have that number using other technologies routed right to your mobile phone, and it looks like a business call. Exactly, exactly. And these days, you know, Skype has got, um, you can get landlines from Skype. So I know right. some people that have a landline in every country. Instead of having, you know, a call number, international number, you can buy, it's like $80 a year, and you can buy all your main countries where you do business. Have landlines in those country and they're countries, and they're all on Skype, and it's been all diverted straight to your phone. I was living in Spain for six months, running my business, one of my businesses back in Australia. I had a hair and makeup agency. Ran it for six months, and not one person knew that I was living out of the country, and I was dealing with brides. And if you know anything about brides, they are yeah. absolutely pedantic, and no one even knew they were giving me money, and they didn't even realise. And these girls would be, they would be the first ones to go, oh, I'm scared because what happens if my job doesn't get done and I pay for my wedding day? But no one knew. It's because I'd set up all these systems that I could make my whole business run and look like I was still in Australia while I was living in Spain already. Yeah, I, I have a similar thing in uh, for the Business Creators Institute. We use a service called Ring Central, which we use for all our phone stuff. So if somebody wants to reach us, they dial a toll-free number. If they want to reach me, and there's somebody who should be able to reach me. They'll have my extension. They can dial that extension, and it goes into my locator. If they want to reach my assistant, she has an extension, too. If they want to reach my other assistant, she has an extension. So uh, we can be pretty much anywhere. When I relocated my business and myself across three time zones, we never had to change the phone number. I mean, after we moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Las Vegas, Nevada, I started getting all these inquiries of, well, what's your new phone number? I said, what new phone number? Same phone number. And even in 2013, people still didn't know that was possible. And we have to be like that now. You know, the, like the most bizarre thing in Australia, my my brother lived on one side of the street and my mum lived on the other in this, like, exclusive little neighbourhood. And there was, like, they were on two different um, uh, uh, phone companies. 
that when my brother wanted to transfer the number over to my mum's house, he couldn't do it for, because they said, no, it's two different things. Crossing the road, it can't be done sometimes. So having that option of using something where it's never going to change, it doesn't matter where you move. It doesn't matter how you choose to live your life and what changes in your life. You always have that number and it will follow you wherever you go. Right, and that, and that's one of the beauties of an e-commerce store, which is why we took this quick segue. So here's a question we're getting from the audience. Uh, one, and this is from, this is from uh, one of my uh, from my uh, regular coaching clients, actually. So let's ask this question: What about one-click purchase apps? We're seeing more and more of this on mobile phones, where you can purchase on, like, let's say I'm on my mobile phone, let's say I'm on my Facebook or my Pinterest, or I'm just actually on your online store, whether it be Shopify or what have you, where I can click a button and it'll automatically debit my card and complete the order based on a credit card I already have programmed into my phone. Uh, Is that possible with these online stores? Yeah, all of that stuff's um, getting more and more possible. Um, Look, the easier you make it for someone to buy the better. Um, you just need to be aware of certain things like um, apps is a famous example. Remember that time when all these kids were, you know, playing games and they were doing those one quick purchases and the parents were running up thousand, you know, five thousand dollar bills because of that sort of thing. So you just need to be aware of that and depending on what you're selling, you might just need to be a little bit more careful and think about that. Um, before you actually implement it. But hey, if it works for you, you can always test it out, try it out. If it, you know, if people get upset, then turn it off. But, you know, if it's one person that gets upset out of every 20, who cares? But if, you know, you're getting a lot of people, then of course you don't want to use it. But I love it. I think anything that makes the purchase easier and faster makes everyone's life better. Everyone wants everything to be faster. Right. The reason I bring this up is because we have a client actually that has an online, they have a website and they sell their information products through their website and then it links to a membership area. And we are getting more and more inquiries from folks who say, hey, I was looking for that button that I could press on my phone and it automatically charges my credit card on file and I don't have to type in all my information again. In fact, uh, we had a couple people who said, well, I didn't really want to give you my address for an online download. I thought this is one of those things where I could just push a button. So it's getting more popular. Definitely. And that that, that comes down to the membership um, program. I know some of them do it and some of them um, don't have those options. Um, definitely. I do those sort of things all the time. Why are you asking me for my address? I'm just getting a digital download. You don't need my address for that. So Definitely, the less information we have to give away um, that we don't need to, why not make it easier for people? Right. I think where part of this comes from is we are getting more and more use of services uh, like like Uber, for instance. You you open up an app, you say, here I am, somebody come pick me up and take me someplace. And when you set up your Uber app on your phone, you program in the card you wanted to debit. So you can say, hey, come pick me up and take me for a ride and charge my card. You don't have to deal with entering your credit card or remembering what it is. And I know a lot of phones have those apps on them now. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's that's the way we're going. We're going that way with everything, you know, to make it easier for us. We've got too many things to do in our lives these days. Yeah, precisely. So, and I think, as you said, for that one or two people that might say, hey, I didn't want my car to be charged or anything like that, the real simple thing to do is just have a really 
proactive, robust refund policy where you say, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry for that. The money's been placed back into your account. Might take a day or two, but don't worry. It's all taken care of. Your refund is processed. Here's your confirmation number. And uh, and just you know, have the mindset that you don't have the money until you have the customer. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly how you have to deal with it. Okay, so here's another question we have also from the audience is a lot of our customers at the Business Creators Institute, in fact, a lot of the people I deal with, particularly this person who's asking, uh, use membership sites to deliver information products. Uh, now, can you use something like Shopify, for instance, to deliver an information product, let's say it's a video course, and then have it link to your own membership site, or do you recommend something else for that? No, I do a lot of these, actually, with a lot of clients of mine, and what I would recommend is uh, WooCommerce for that. So WooCommerce has got a um, subscription model built into it, and then you want to use something on the back of it. Look, I've I've used everything that's out there. Um, The best way of doing it that I see is WooCommerce and Wishlist. Using those two together, Wishlist is a membership area, WooCommerce is your actual payment system. Um, if you, you don't even need to use WooCommerce if it's just membership. So this is the thing, it comes down to what you're actually doing. You can get away with just using Wishlist and doing PayPal buttons from Wishlist or Stripe uh, buttons and never needing the WooCommerce part. And this is where some people have too many layers that are not necessary. Um, but then you have some other things like if you want to give invoices, then you need to have the WooCommerce because it will send out an automatic invoice once they pay. So you need to understand what you're trying to achieve first and then find the best solution. But there's definitely something for everyone. You don't need to get things made for you anymore. There's something out of the box that you can definitely use. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people I know use Wishlist Member. So uh, it, what's really interesting about Wishlist Member is it can be integrated to pretty much – well, not pretty much any – but a lot of your very common e-commerce applications. Uh, so you can plug it into, I don't know if you can plug in that, or do you have any experience with plugging it into Shopify or anything other than WooCommerce? Because I'm familiar with the, the WooCommerce wishlist combination. Yeah, that's the one that I use. Um, there's been some other ones over the years that I have not been that robust, so I don't want to get into confusing people with all different sorts of options. Um, but WooCommerce, say for instance you were selling products and you had a membership site, then WooCommerce and Wishlist is going to be the best thing. You can have a shopping cart on WooCommerce and then you can also have the membership area that runs through the Wishlist part of WooCommerce. Okay, and uh, and does the uh, does the WooCommerce allow you to have the, the one-click thing where they just click one button and it puts them, you know, it plugs them directly into uh, confirming their order using their credit card on file? I have not found a good plug-in for that at the moment. You've got to understand that with WooCommerce, there's lots of people that create their own little programs and they sell them. A lot of these things look really great and then they don't end up working that well. So there's probably someone out there that's got one, but is it robust? I don't know. So I don't want to give advice on that at the moment. It's Uh something that you want to test. Um, the fact that you're dealing with people's credit card information, you'd want to make sure that you're using something that's very robust because there could be security breaches because there there is, like, I don't want to confuse everyone, but there's been lots of stories where people create a plugin 
for WordPress and then they end up putting in some sort of like sneaky code where they're stealing information. They might be putting tracking cookies on your website. There's all sorts of things that they can do. Um, and if you're dealing with credit card details, I wouldn't want to risk using something unless you really know what you're using when it comes to anything like that because you could be liable for stealing a lot of money out of people's credit cards that you didn't expect to do. Right, right. This is also, if you ask me, an argument away from worrying about having your own stuff built rather than finding something with a good reputation on the shelf that's pretty much already ready to go because a larger company will have that compliance and that security not only built in, but they'll have a dedicated staff and part of your $29 a month or $79 a month or what have you is dealing with this for you so you don't have to. Exactly. And that's the part that a lot of people miss. Yeah, and we do. We need to be careful. We don't want to, you know, breach security. We don't want to, you know, imagine if it got out that your, you know, your website was stealing all this money from people's credit cards because you decided to try something that you weren't really sure about. It's just not worth the risk. So knowing exactly what you're using when it comes especially to that sort of, you know, it's different. You go and set up something that's going to speed up to how you're going to put your images on your website. Who cares? But when it comes to holding on to people's credit card details and personal information, you'd want to do that properly. Right, precisely. Uh, so, I mean, I, I believe in fully secure uh, checkout systems. I believe in third-party systems that have a good reputation and a dedicated team to make sure that stuff is protected. Uh, it's the same with running email off your own server. I mean, yeah, you can buy a dedicated server. You can send out emails and all kinds of things, but then you also become responsible for your own deliverability, your own compliance with every anti-spam law on the planet, of which there are so many. Why not just pay somebody else to deal with that for you and go make money? And that's the thing, like, people say, but I saved so much money, it's only costing you this much. Yeah, but look at all the extra work you have to deal with. And at the end of the day, it's never going to be better than what, people can do for you that you know they're dedicated to creating email software uh, platforms that's what they do so yeah I, I'm a believer in things like that there's good places to spend money there's ways that you don't want to spend money certain things like email certain things like making sure you have the right um, system for credit card you want to be making sure you're doing that properly right okay I think we have time for one more question here and I think this is going to be a very key question for somebody who's been listening to this up until now, and they're thinking, boy, I would love to have an e-commerce store, and Carolyn has shown me how to make it so much easier and given me some resources and opened my eyes to some of the possibilities of how I can integrate this with the marketing I'm already doing. And that question is, what are your criteria or what are some of the resources to find a great product that you can sell if you're not doing your own crafts, you don't have your own products? Research, using Google AdWord tool um, to keyword tool to actually research who's searching for what. Um, also going into Facebook um, insights and seeing what people, what they're liking. So you can look into a demographic of people and then start to find out what they're buying. If this person buys um, a, an SUV, what do they have that goes with it? You know, what else do they like? Or do they like to um, buy certain products? You can find out so much information from doing some research. Google keyword tool, um, these days, you do, it's behind a gated wall where you have to give your credit card details. But if you're not spending money on Google AdWords, then you don't have to worry. A lot of people ask me this and say, yeah, but why am I giving my credit card details? They just put it on file. If you ever do ads with them, they'll charge it to your credit card. But to use the tool now, you do need to log in 
behind that. It's a very strange system, but that's just the way it is. But don't be scared if they ask you credit card details. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I understand, but yeah, so basically what we're looking for is... Go ahead. Sorry, it's only for new accounts. So if you if you haven't got a Google AdWords account from years ago and you're just setting one up now, then you will have to do it that way. Everyone who's on the old accounts can just use the keyword research tool without having to worry. Right, so basically it's just part of how they activate your account now. It's just that uh, they have you fill in all that information to begin with just in case you decide to run ads. Exactly. Right, okay, okay, that, that's fine, that's fine. A lot of companies do that. But basically what we're looking for here is if you use the AdWords tool, you can do keyword research, and you can find what some of the trends are and what some of the popular searches are, and you can match a product to that because the faster you can run effective ads and gain search visitors to it, the more you're going to sell. And you know what, if you don't want to sell on Amazon, because Amazon, it's a slightly different business model, there's different things that go into that. But let's say you don't want to do Amazon products, but you can actually get onto Amazon and look up the top ranking products and see what's selling, how many they're selling. You can see by the amount of reviews, you can start to see exactly which products sell well. Then you look down at the bottom of the Amazon, say for instance, we go back to water bottles, you want to sell water bottles, to say it's, uh, these new um, plastic-free, you know, without all those um, chemical water bottles for people that do yoga, for instance. You can go and search for that on, on Amazon, and then down below it says people who bought this also viewed blah, 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 blah. You can start to see, so if I have an eBay, uh, if I have an e-commerce store and I sell these water bottles, what else can I sell? Let's have a look at what people are looking at on Amazon when they are looking at that product. And that costs you nothing. And you can sit there and spend time researching exactly what options you've got. I got one more tip for you. And this has been suggested to be by a number of people. Uh, since we're talking about Amazon, for instance, we're using the Amazon people who have bought this have also bought as a way of doing targeting and setting yourself up for retargeting, perhaps. Another thing you can do is if you go to places like Amazon or Yelp or what have you, look at some of the critical or the negative reviews and look for trends in what people are complaining about when it comes to such and such a product. Do you want to compete about or in a market do you want to enter? And then when you do your advertising, you do your marketing, and you do your product description and everything else for your store is you word it in such a way that your product, your offering, solves that problem that a lot of people seem to feel is still not getting solved. Exactly, yeah. That's definitely part of a marketing strategy is looking at exactly that and um, knowing what people are complaining about. And that's how you choose your your items that you want to purchase from Alibaba, for instance. You'd go in and you'd say, okay, well, this is a water bottle. Everyone was complaining the lid doesn't go on properly. So then you'd know when you're purchasing, you know, is that going to be a concern with your particular product that you're buying? Right, right. Like, or like, for instance, if it's uh, uh, another example I have here, and I'm just thinking about this because I have uh, Princess Stella, my little kitty right here, and uh, she wears a breakaway collar. And she is known for working on her claps until she's able to pull her own breakaway collar off. And I've done research on this myself, and I found that there are a lot of breakaway collars for cats that the cat's able to break the collar off very easily. It's supposed to be a breakaway if they manage to get themselves caught on something so they don't get strangled. It's not so they can just take it off because they don't feel like wearing it. So if I were to do uh, so if I were to do like a cat supply e-commerce store, I might want to run my ads around uh, breakaway collars that won't come off. 
Exactly, exactly, because that's the concern. So I, I talk about this a lot in a particular part of my program that I do, is having that knowing what the pain point is of your customer, why are they purchasing this, like what is their pain point, and using that as one of your main selling techniques and why you're actually, why you're the person to be selling it, because just saying this is what the feature is, but what's the benefit of that, and what you're talking about is the benefit that is for that customer. Great, 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 great. So we're right near the top of the hour. And uh, first of all, I want to thank you so much, uh, Carolyn Belinska, for spending time with us today. Now, I know that we have some listeners on the edge of their seats wanting to take this to the next level because this is something that you can get started with today if you want to. So I'd like to give the floor to you for maybe just a minute. And just tell us a little bit more about what you have available and how you can help business creators like us. Sure, thanks, Adam. Um, I do have the e-commerce backstage pass Facebook group. It's 100% free. Jump in there. Come and talk to me. Ask me questions. I'm happy to look at your website, tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm there to help you as much as I can through that group. You can also go to my website, carolynblinster.com, and then type in slash success. And there's a great checklist of um, seven secrets to e-commerce success that you can download and read through that. That's going to help you out as well when you're starting out. But, yeah, my Facebook group is definitely the place to be because I'm there answering questions every day. I have a community manager helping me in there as well. I'm actually in the process of creating my own T-shirt. It's not a T-shirt store. It's a platform for people that sell T-shirts. And I'm actually recording every single week videos on what I'm doing. I'm going to start releasing them in the next week or so. And you can actually follow my journey of how I've created my own e-commerce store. And I'm giving away everything and telling you how I did it. That's also free in my e-commerce backstage pass group on Facebook. Okay. Say, say the name of that one more time so that our, uh, so that our visitors can find it. E-commerce backstage pass. And it's a Facebook group. Okay, I'm looking that up on Facebook right now, just making sure I can find it. And, okay, I just got it. Very good. All right, I got it. I just want to make sure I could find it so that our listeners could find it as well. And I'll remind everybody who's listening to the Business Creators Radio Show that all of our guest experts have profiles on businesscreatorsradioshow.com where you can check out the links to their social media and their websites and learn more about them, including Carolyn. So, once again, Carolyn Belinska of carolynbelinska.com. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It has been an honor and an education. Thanks so much, Adam. It's been wonderful. I love your questions, and I love the questions from the listeners as well. It's um, great answering questions that people really want to answer. It really does make a difference. Well, we do what we can. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.